Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Treatment Room Podcast. I'm your host, Tessa Zali. I am a licensed esthetician and acne specialist. I specialize in helping my clients achieve transformative results virtually all through the comfort of home through lifestyle and topical guidance. And speaking of the comfort of home. I'm currently sitting on my floor in my closet. I've just moved into a new apartment. I've never had a walk-in closet. And now that I do, it's honestly one of my favorite rooms in the house. I love to be in here. And I've heard this is a thing that podcasters do for sound quality. So I'm going to try it out. Let me know how it sounds. But in all seriousness, I do want to transition into the topic of today's show, which I think is something that deserves more airtime. And I do want to make sure I really approach this topic with as much sensitivity as possible. I have learned a lot in researching this topic for the show, and I think I've gained even more empathy through doing that. And I just feel this is information that I want more estheticians to have awareness for because when it comes to acne, there is such a big mental health side of struggling with acne and being an acne sufferer. So today we're going to talk about skin picking and what that entails, various tips and resources to help this behavior pattern. I don't think I really realized how complex and difficult this habit can be for so many people, and it really does affect many, many people. It affects 5 million Americans, and I talked to somebody every single day who is struggling with this behavior pattern to some extent. So I just think it's it's something we need to talk about. And I'm not talking about it as a psychologist or a therapist. I am sharing my advice and my uh, tips as a licensed esthetician and acne specialist. I do want to share some insights into this behavior pattern from resources such as treatmyocd.com. I'm also going to link additional resources that I think are very informative and could hopefully be helpful. So without further ado, let's get into the topic. I think skin picking is something we all recognize as not so much of a healthy habit. And the tricky thing about skin picking, I think, is that there's kind of this dichotomy of really intense highs and very low lows for a lot of people. I think we all know we're not supposed to pick our skin, but there is this 
sense of relief, gratification, and even pleasure that we can have when we are picking at our skin. The problem with that is that this can be very damaging to the skin. I think most of us are aware that skin picking can lead to redness, discoloration, even permanent scarring, and dangerous potential for infection. And after we have picked our skin, we can kind of swing from this very high high to a low low where you feel guilty, you might feel shame, and um, this can can really promote long-term anxiety and even depression. So let's get into skin picking. I think most of us are aware it's not a healthy habit and it can really promote damage in the skin, whether we are talking about redness, discoloration, permanent scarring, and even the potential for infection. I think the complexity of this behavior pattern really lies in the fact that there's kind of this dichotomy of emotions. When you are picking your skin in the moment, it can feel really good. You can have a temporary sense of relief, gratification, or even pleasure, but this can quickly lead to lower feelings of shame, embarrassment, guilt, and even more long-term depression and anxiety. So there's a lot to it. And I think many of us recognize that picking our skin leads to unsightly, painful, and even potentially dangerous results and damage to our skin. But Oftentimes, we still can't seem to stop the habit. And what is not talked about when it comes to skin picking is that it's it's really not just a little quirky habit. It is actually recognized as a mental disorder, and it's also called excoriation disorder. This disorder belongs to a group of clinically defined behaviors known as body-focused repetitive behaviors, or BFRBs, and there are also some other behavior patterns in this category, such as nail biting, hair pulling, and cheek biting. Trigger warning, we will be talking about some of these things a little bit. So if you do find them sensitive to hear and learn about, this is a good place to stop in the episode. I do want to share some information from a resource I found on treatmyocd.com. I will link the specific article so you guys can read more about it, but it does explain more about BFRBs or body-focused repetitive behaviors. So these types of behaviors involve repeated touching, picking, or pulling at the body, and they are very distinct from normal potentially healthy self-grooming behaviors in a couple of ways. So let's talk about what makes something like skin picking very different from something like plucking a stray eyebrow hair. So BFRBs 
are beyond normal self-grooming actions and anything you're doing for hygiene or maintenance purposes. BFRBs like skin picking involve persistent and compulsive behaviors that are difficult to control, leading to significant time and energy spent on the behavior. So unlike just plucking a you know, stray long eyebrow hair, BFRBs often damage the body. This might mean somebody is picking at their skin until it bleeds or possibly pulling out their hair, which could cause noticeable bald patches. So unlike any behaviors that have a functional purpose, such as performing your skincare routine, BFRBs such as skin picking are often linked to emotional states. So it's not just something you are doing to take care of yourself. Often it's is a habit that stems from stress, anxiety, boredom, or a need for sensory stimulation. These behaviors can also be a coping mechanism or a way for somebody to relieve tension, but they can become very addictive and difficult to stop. And I I wanted to bring this up because I feel like skin picking has kind of crept into our vernacular and I even hear many of my clients, you know, sharing that they engage in skin picking, they cannot seem to stop, that they might even spend 20 or 30 minutes in front of the mirror picking at their skin and they kind of come out of this almost tunnel vision or it's almost like it can feel like a blackout. Um, they come out of it with this awareness of what they have done and they will often express to me that they feel so bad about what they have done. And because I've heard this so much over the years, I've almost put it in a category of not great, but somewhat normal. And the more I have learned from this, I've really realized this is a pretty destructive behavior and it does deserve more attention. And it might be something that needs to be addressed with your client, especially if it has become more serious, if somebody is really starting to hurt or damage their skin and they cannot seem to stop. And as estheticians, this is where we're not valuable because we are diagnosing what's going on. We're not valuable because we need to treat the behavior pattern that's really out of our scope and not something I am advising we do whatsoever. But I think where estheticians are really valuable a lot of times is that we're kind of this first line of defense, whether we are recognizing something a little bit odd in the skin, be it, you know, a irregular mole or perhaps scabs, wounds, uh, intense scarring, or even just hearing about this type of behavior from a client. This is, I think, a really good touch point for the esthetician to possibly ask more and ask questions such as, you know, how long has this been going on? Do you notice that you pick at your skin at a specific time in the day? Is it, you know, perhaps after a shower when you are touching your skin and applying your skincare and you're starting to notice texture or 
small imperfections, which we all have, by the way. Do you notice that this behavior pattern stems from anxiety or any type of emotion? From there, it's a great place to make a referral and you could refer the client to their primary care doctor. You could refer them to a dermatologist to diagnose, but you could also refer them to seek therapy. And we're going to talk more about the specific type of therapy that is recommended for this habit. I think I was really glad to hear that there is a proven type of therapy for this behavior pattern. It's not that the esthetician needs to fix this at all, but it is something I just wanted to bring awareness to and um, yeah, provide more education on because it does go swept under the rug and oftentimes clients can be very embarrassed. They might not openly share about skin picking, but the esthetician should recognize if there are often, you know, scabs on the skin, if there are open wounds, if it's obvious somebody has been picking, it's something that, you know, we should address. We shouldn't just um, sweep under the rug. And oftentimes, on the other hand, our clients are very open with us. And in learning about this, I've realized how many people have openly come to me and told me they are struggling with skin picking. It is very, very common, um, but it is still a behavior pattern that really does fall in the category of self-harm and it does deserve more attention. The last distinction between normal grooming habits and BFRBs such as skin picking is that they're actually typically associated with distress and impairment in daily functioning. So something like skin picking can cause emotional distress, impact self-esteem, and disrupt social relationships. I have definitely seen this firsthand, and I think there is somewhat of a vicious cycle I have noticed where acne impacts the client that might cause them to lose self-confidence or self-esteem. That might cause them to self-isolate, to not want to make plans with friends family members, even romantic partners, which truly makes me so sad. And if people aren't comfortable being around those who love them the most, imagine how that extends into daily life when you are interacting with strangers, whether it is just going to the grocery store, going on a job interview, going to work, all of these normal things that can be very, very difficult for somebody who's struggling with acne. As this part of the cycle goes on, I do think it can eventually lead to skin picking, and skin picking also tends to promote these negative emotions and I think can further isolate people from their relationships and just further destruct uh, self-esteem and and really bring somebody to a negative low place. And I think that's partially due to what somebody sees when they look in the mirror, but it's also due to the fact that I think 
feeling out of control with your body and being unable to control a habit, I think feels very debilitating. And somebody might just feel like, why can't I stop doing this? I know it's not good for me. I know it's not good for my skin. I know it's going to have a lot of long-term consequences, but when you can't get a hold of that behavior, I really do think it affects self-confidence because we can gain confidence from, you know, our achievements or holding ourselves accountable and meeting our goals. When we can't do that and something feels very out of Control, I think it can easily affect our confidence and our overall quality of life and lifestyle. I also did want to touch on quickly, again via the treatmyocd.com article, the difference between OCD and skin picking disorder. Skin picking can fall into the category of OCD, and with both of these conditions, people can experience an intense urge to engage in their respective behaviors, often feeling temporary relief or gratification afterward. Both conditions can be very time-consuming, sadly. They can interfere with daily activities and cause significant distress to the person. Additionally, people with OCD and skin-picking disorder often struggle with attempts to resist or control their behaviors, often experiencing feelings of shame, guilt, or anxiety when they do engage in the behavior. But with all of that said, there is one major point of difference with BFRB, such as as skin picking, this lies in the motivation behind the repetitive behaviors. So OCD compulsions are driven by distressing thoughts, images, or urges, and the compulsions aim to alleviate anxiety or prevent harm. On the other hand, BFRBs like skin picking are not necessarily triggered by intrusive thoughts, but rather by physical sensations that build up until a person engages in the behavior like picking or pulling. And this, I think, is why it's not necessarily mind over matter. It's not necessarily just trying to mentally, you know, get over this habit, there really is a physical drive for somebody to pick or pull. And that's where it may not necessarily be within the person's control without professional help. And lastly, BFRBs, like skin picking, are often associated with pleasure or satisfaction, whereas this is not typically the case with OCD. So although BFRBs and OCD can coexist in the same person at the same time, there is definitely a difference between the two conditions, and they actually require different treatment approaches. So how is skin picking disorder diagnosed? Very, very important disclaimer that this is not me diagnosing you. This is not advice for you to self-diagnose, but this is just information about what the appropriate 
professional would look at when it comes to diagnosing criteria for dermatillomania, aka skin picking disorder. So a doctor would look at the patient and they would look for one, recurrent skin picking resulting in skin lesions. Again, this is where estheticians want to be aware when we are performing skin analysis and when we are looking at post-acne trauma, we want to look for these types of wounds and try to notice certain patterns, especially because we are the ones seeing our clients generally for the long term. You might see somebody as an occasional one-off, but if you are starting to notice more skin lesions, it is, again, a very important touch point for the esthetician and the client. The second thing a doctor would look at is repeated attempts to decrease or stop skin picking. And I feel this is a important point for me to say, if you are struggling with skin picking, if you have tried to stop before and you have not been able to make significant change on your own, and especially if you are noticing you are harming yourself, if this is affecting your life, your relationships, your self-confidence, there are absolutely so many helpful resources and therapies for you. Those will all be linked in the show notes and Again, there's no shame in having this habit. It's so common and um, it's something that can, I think, escalate really quickly in a person just because of so many different things, whether it's stress, anxiety, and inability to control acne. So please don't feel that you are alone in this. The third thing that a doctor would look at is symptoms that show significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, or other important areas of functioning, aka does the person feel that skin picking is affecting their quality of life, their life at home, their life at work, their life in terms of a romantic partnership, anything like that? And lastly, a doctor will look to ensure that the skin picking is not the result of another condition or even substance use. So how can skin picking be treated? I do want to make the distinction that, you know, somebody who occasionally tries to extract their skin this happens very often where somebody thinks they can easily remove a blackhead or a whitehead and all of a sudden it escalates to an open wound, bleeding, almost needing a band-aid for the infection. That is not necessarily a long-standing behavior pattern that's affecting somebody's day-to-day life. And I do want to share some tips for people who fall into that category of you know, occasionally going too far. But in terms of those who have noticed that this is a recurring behavior, really the best thing to do is seek a professional, seek a therapist who can walk you through habit reversal training or HRT. I'll share a little bit about the the therapy and the training. This is not meant to 
instruct you to do this and to, you know, provide the therapy for yourself, I really suggest seeking a professional always. But the therapy does involve two main components. The first involves monitoring and tracking the specific details of when the behavior like skin picking occurs. This really helps somebody to become more aware of their behavior patterns, what is triggering this, and the duration of the episodes. Once you develop increased self-awareness, this can actually reduce the frequency of the behavior itself. The second component of HRT therapy is known as competing response training. And basically, it is just once you've created that awareness of when the habit occurs, say you notice yourself picking after a shower, it's really about trying to redirect that energy. So when you notice that urge, instead trying to gently squeeze your hands into a fist or cross your arms rather than picking at your skin. I was very pleasantly surprised to hear that HRT therapy is shown to be highly effective when somebody does follow the therapist's exact guidance, and it's actually a short-term treatment. So typically it'll last 12 therapy sessions, sometimes less, and I mean that is so worthwhile for saving your skin from any long-term trauma. And I just want to mentioned that, you know, although there are some really incredible products and treatments on the market, there are products like retinol, there's vitamin C, there are growth factors, there's exosomes, there is microneedling, there is radiofrequency. All these things are very helpful for scarring, but we do want to remember scarring at its essence is permanent damage to the skin. And although a lot of these therapies can help, they are generally pretty gradual. You probably won't notice a significant difference after one microneedling or radiofrequency session. You really need a package of sorts, you know, depending on the severity of the scarring. And even so, I will say clients are often very frustrated when they are trying to treat scarring. And I understand because it is a very slow, gradual process. It's not instant gratification. And in most cases, the end result is not going to look exactly like where you started because there has still been damage to the collagen. And it's unfortunate to say, I hope this technology, you know, continues to improve and I really think it will, but at the end of the day it can all become very very expensive any type of collagen therapy. So, although there are definitely options out there, nothing will be as good as stopping yourself from picking at your skin in the first place. I did go through Douglas Preston's acne certification program, which I do highly recommend. I will also link that in the show notes for licensed professionals. He shared with me that something he does with his clients who are often younger, he does have a clinic across the street from a high school. So he sees a lot of teens. And as you all know, as teens, 
we're not the most self-aware. We don't always realize the impact of our habits or of picking at our skin. And we might just kind of think of the temporary gratification. I have this acne. I want it off my face. So therefore, I'm going to remove it by any means necessary. And somebody who is young really might not understand the long-term consequences of removing live tissue, which is what we are doing. And if you are using your nails, even if your hands are clean, there is some level of bacteria in the nails. And we are pulling truly live tissue out of our face. So do understand that can be very damaging. And what Douglas Preston does in severe cases where it's warranted is he actually will show his clients pictures of severe scarring just to illustrate what the long-term damage can really be. And that might seem, you know, a little bit graphic, but in a lot of instances, I do think it can be necessary, especially for a young person to understand, hey, what we are removing from the skin may not grow back. Now that we have talked about the appropriate therapy for somebody who really does need it, I do want to share some of my tips for those who don't fall into that more serious category, people who still believe they can gain control of skin picking. That really is the key. So for one, I do think it is important to track triggers. Similar to the HRT therapy, I do think somebody who is in the early stages can also do this and start to notice, when am I being triggered? Is it when I'm looking in this really strange lighting in my bathroom that shows every, you know, small imperfection that's really exacerbating what is on my skin. I know if I look at my skin in certain lightings or certain angle in broad daylight, I might see something that I don't like. So if I'm noticing, okay, when I flip up my car mirror in broad daylight and that really triggers me, maybe I'm going to put some tape over that car mirror and not look at my skin in that severe lighting. Tip number two is that you can actually use face masks. I do find these to be beneficial for a couple of reasons. For one, you can use face masks with exfoliation properties or face masks with soothing anti-inflammatory properties to really help soothe any wounds or acne. So you can get some benefit for acne treatment with face masks. And unlike a lot of skincare, face masks are very good for instant gratification. Your skin often feels better immediately afterwards. So that can be a really nice little boost. I like to use face masks at least three times a week in addition to my skincare routine. I also like face masks because if you're just having a hard self-image day, putting a face mask on your skin can kind of distract from tone and texture. And sometimes, let's be real, you just need 
20 or 30 minutes where you're just not so aware of everything on your face. And thirdly, I think face masks can be a really nice self-care activity. I like to put one on when I am reading or taking a bath. And I am a big advocate of all the self-care when you are struggling with acne. Honestly, the more the better. Pampering yourself is so, so important. And even doing something small like a face mask, I find can really boost my mood and my client's mood. I'm going to link some of my favorite face masks for acne sufferers. I will put a little bit of information about them because some face masks are hydrating, some do help treat acne itself, some are great for brightening pigmentation and tone, and yeah, I just, I, I really love a good face mask. Next, you can use pimple patches. Originally, I wasn't the biggest fan of pimple patches when they came out because I really saw them being used as a treatment for acne. And I don't agree with using pimple patches as a standalone treatment for acne because successful acne treatment must be preventative, not reactive. However, the more people I talked to, I really came to understand that pimple patches similar to face masks can distract somebody from a breakout or an open wound. And if that helps you kind of like out of sight, out of mind, if that helps you not to pick and it helps to protect and allow the blemish to heal, I am all for that. So I will also link some of the pimple patches that I like in the show notes. Next, considering dietary triggers can be really, really helpful. And sometimes it is necessary, especially in extreme cases, if you are consuming a food that is known to promote acne, such as dairy. If removing that food from your diet helps your mental health, helps you to not damage your skin and your collagen for life, that is definitely a worthwhile lifestyle adjustment. Next, enlisting friends. I think this could be very helpful in the right circumstance. You would definitely need to enlist somebody who is empathetic, who really understands the complexity of skin picking, because oftentimes it is beyond somebody's control. So maybe you can send them this episode or you can send them one of the articles I'm going to link in the show notes. It needs to be somebody who is supportive, but could possibly step in and make a referral, encourage you to see a therapist when it's really getting out of hand. Next up, possibly the most important tip I could share, ditch the magnifying mirror. These things are (laughs) evil. I do not like them. I do not have one myself. I used to have one for the purpose of doing my makeup, but I realized I would just look in it and really pick myself apart, and I'm not here for that. So I think getting rid of a magnifying mirror can be life-changing. There's no need for it, and I really feel like if you look for something that close, you're going to find it, and then you're going to feel like you need to touch it to fix it. So throw out the mag mirror, give it to your mom, get it out of your sight. Don't even leave it under your sink. 
Next, keeping your hands busy can be very helpful, especially since acne and skin picking can be related to stress and anxiety. If you can take up a habit that really takes focus and requires your hands, I think that can be really helpful. So you could try gardening, you could try coloring, knitting or journaling, playing piano, really anything. Even playing Tetris on your phone would be better than touching your skin. Next, we want to create barriers to this habit. We want to make it as hard as possible for you to get access to touch and pick your skin. So a couple that I have thought of are, one, you could try keeping gloves by your mirror. You could even take oven mitts, but any kind of glove would prevent you from really touching and picking at your skin and introducing bacteria to the wound, which is what we really worry about. So that could be one instance. You could make your mirror less accessible or you could make it more difficult to really see up close with your mirror. You might even consider putting post-its on your mirror, anything you can do to tell yourself not to pick. Icing is one habit that I am such a fan of. You can use a cold roller. You could even apply ice in a plastic bag directly to the breakout. This is something I do with all of my acne clients. It's so important to get cold on the skin for an anti-inflammatory boost. And I actually love that habit redirection versus just crossing your arms. You can still cross your arms, close your fists, and then try to reach for ice. I find this is great because it redirects the energy. It requires using your hands. Three, it's a proactive thing and somebody can understand that they're actually doing something to treat the breakout or the wound versus make it worse. And lastly, hire an esthetician if you can. I think this is one of the most game-changing behaviors because I notice, like I mentioned in my last episode about advice for those in their 20s, I really notice a lot of my acne clients are very aware of their skin to the point where it's almost obsessive and they can be incredibly stressed out about their skin, especially when they are new to my program. I think people are just so used to carrying this burden of trying to treat their acne on their own, and it's really way too much for an untrained person to handle. I know when I was struggling with my acne, it weighed so heavily on me. It was all I thought about, it was the first thing I thought about in the morning, the last thing I thought about at night. I would think about it anytime I met somebody new and it was very crippling and, and really affected me. The best thing I ever did for myself in addition to going to esthetician school, was hiring a acne professional. I actually started seeing Douglas Preston at the beginning of my acne journey. I ended up learning so much from him and later getting certified through his program. But I think hiring somebody not only helps you treat the condition, it helps relieve a lot of stress that we can inflict on ourselves. And the great thing about hiring a 
acne specialist is that they will create a program for you. They will create a step-by-step plan and they will make the goal to treat your acne every single day. So instead of feeling like I need to take this acne into my own hands and try to pick at it myself, you can instead be applying your topical acne treatments and have the understanding, okay, I'm doing what I need to do. This is in Tess's hands. This is in my acne specialist hands. I no longer need to use my own. I have posted all of these tips I'm sharing on my Instagram at my Tessa, M-Y-E-S-T-Y-T-E-S-S-A, always linked in the show notes, and you guys can bookmark them, save them, screenshot them, look at them when you need to. That's what they're there for. And I did get a comment from somebody asking, you know, what do I do if I have picked my skin? Such a great question. I would say the goal, if you have picked, is to really keep the skin clean and calm and protected. So hopefully if you have picked, um, the skin is clean, you should definitely have a cleanser that you love that you can use every single day. I think my low foam is a great one. It's both very gentle and it does still have some antibacterial, antimicrobial benefits. And it's a cleanser you can use every day, twice a day. I would recommend using that along with the Skin Recovery Mist from Glymed Plus or the Hyacin Active Mist, which I recently brought on with Pomp Beauty. That one helps to kill bacteria. It is as strong as bleach in terms of killing bacteria, but as gentle as water. Using a product that promotes hydration, has anti-inflammatories, or as an added bonus, has antibacterial benefits is a really great way to go. Then I would suggest applying some sort of serum that has healing properties. My number one recommendation is my Complex Serum. It is a crowd favorite. It has an ingredient called Helichrysum Italicum Extract. It comes from a really beautiful flowering yellow plant in the curry family. And this plant has been used in medicine for years. It has antimicrobial benefits and it is great at promoting healing. It's even used on those with arthritis, but that's a great product to pick up to promote healing, to work on any redness or scarring, and it leaves the skin feeling very calm and hydrated. Lastly, I would suggest applying a moisturizer and my favorite choice for somebody who is acne prone who might pick up their skin would be the Arnica Plus Cream from Glymed Plus. It's very light, it's non-comedogenic, it's acne safe, and it will help to promote healing for any type of wound. All of this said, if we're talking about a gushing open wound, you don't want to apply any of these products to it. Instead, put some sort of band-aid or protection over it, but all of these products could be applied as long as it's not, you know, an open 
open wound. That is all I have for you for this episode. I really hope it was helpful and enlightening. Estes, I do think this is a great episode to share with any clients who might need it or to just share on your social media. So Anybody who might be struggling has the option to listen. And if you are struggling with acne and skin picking, I really, really hope you know you're not alone. This is something that is totally treatable. And I know you might be feeling like things are out of control, but you are in control of your face, your skin, your body, your mind. There's always help out there if you are brave enough to go out and seek it. I love you so, so much. Thank you for listening and tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show for more episodes. I will be back next week with a very special returning guest, and I'm so excited. Thank you guys for tuning in. I love you, and I will catch you next week.